There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh with Jim Price. Jim, how are you Hello. doing today? Hello, doing good, man, doing good. We got rain here in Kansas. Things are Ooh, fantastic. Yeah, we got rain here in Minnesota, too. It's good stuff. All right, well, we're going to jump into the financial part of this with Dr. Kirk Elliott because things are wacky. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to really explain it. He's got some yeah. explaining to do. It's, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. All right, Dr. Kirk Elliott, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you? Uh, busier than ever. Yep. Uh, wondering what's going on in this crazy world. Because yesterday the market was tanking because of the 10-year yield spiked. And then today it's rebounding. Um, the, there's a bond sell-off going on. Rates are the highest that they've been in 30 years. W- what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I mean so let's start with the, with the rates, right? I mean, mortgage rates are going through the roof, right? So, so here's, here's the weird part about that is people think, well, they paused interest rates. They didn't, they didn't raise interest rates on the last FOMC meeting. And so why could it, why is it that mortgage rates are continuing to climb? Right? So, so that's the secondary market, right? So if you're a mortgage lender, you've got the base rate that the fed has, you know, and so, so then you have add-ons to that for risk. Right, because if you're Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, whatever you know, lender that's lending for housing, you have to take into consideration a couple different, well, a few different factors. Number one, um, where do you think housing is headed moving forward? Because if you're loaning out on a you know eighty percent loan to value ratio or whatever, it's like, well, what if housing values come crashing down to earth, that's going to make it really risky because we're not going to have a lot of equity in those houses if people default, right? So then you have to look at wages. Are wages going up or are wages going down? Um, What about inflationary pressures? What about, you know, all these different factors that move in? So basically, they're they're placing a bet. When, when, When a lender gives you a loan for a house, they're saying, all right, there's a good chance or a bad chance that Josh is going to be able to keep making payments for the next 30 years. I mean, almost an impossible task to figure out, right? It's like, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone 30 years from now. But rates right now are approaching 8% on a 30-year mortgage. Eight. Right? That's the, <laughs> that's the highest um, that we've seen in a long time as mortgage demand is the lowest since 1996. So what lenders are now saying is, well, we don't care if they pause interest rate hikes. We're jacking up interest rates on the loans that we're giving out to people because the risk to reward is not there. We don't see the propensity for people to actually pay off their houses 30 years from now as being very good. So therefore, we're going to squeeze as much blood out of this turnip as we can, um, You know, get more higher interest rates for the higher risk that we're taking because people's wages are coming down and is as the cost of borrowing is going up, as inflationary pressures are going up, it's like it's really problematic for banks giving long-term loans because chances are 
they will be defaulted on at some point during that time frame. And if they do and they have to sell the house in a fire sale or on an auction or just dump their inventory in a declining real estate market, they're not going to get out of it what they put in. So this is the problem with, with real estate and why I think we're headed for a big, massive fall yet to come. I don't think we've seen hardly even the tip of the iceberg on it, right? And, and when you look at commercial lending, which precedes residential lending, right? So, so the decline in commercial real estate always precedes a decline in residential real estate because commercial is the real estate that actually those business owners are the ones that provide jobs. Right. So so when you see the commercial real estate hit the skids, you know, that residential follows. Well, what's happened with commercial real estate? So 51 percent of all the banks in America have tightened their lending standards. Now, more than half. And so commercial lending, get a load of this number. This is a big number. In the last three months, during just during the second quarter of this year, commercial lending plummeted. 52% in one quarter, 52%. Loan originations are down 73% over the last 12 months for commercial real estate. means no one's buying anything. Mm -hmm. That's that's what that's telling you. And so so we're in for a, I don't think this is going to be a soft soft landing, Josh, on on real estate, both commercial or residential, because interest rates are going to continue to climb. Well, you know, Kirk, last week on Sunday, we saw a massive drop spike in the two-year yield, which immediately spiked back up, almost like there was an auto capital injection into it. And then Monday of last week, we saw the same thing. Then this week, we saw the spike in the 10-year yield. We're seeing exactly what you're saying with the real estate, the commercial and residential. These are indicators when we're looking at the state of our economy, there's a few different things we look at. We look at how the dollar's doing. We're looking kind of how the bond market's doing. We're looking at commercial and residential real estate. And we're looking at inflation. All of these things are in the red. There's, there's a situation that's arising right now. I mean, I, I just saw this article. One in eight U.S. homes saw a drop in income last month. Now... Banks are bracing for recession because treasury yields are surging. There's a bond sell-off. We could quite literally be in economic turmoil within the next 30 to 45 days. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I agree. So, so not only that, but, but what you just said was amplified empirically by Deutsche Bank. So Deutsche Bank said that there's four triggers to a to a recession and the chance of them happening in the very near future is, is the their you know their probability so number one is an inflation spike so there's this is a key trigger that's in play price inflation soared to a four decade high right so 77 percent chance that that causes a recession an inverted yield curve so typically longer term bonds offer higher yields than short term bonds um, and this is what you were just talking about on the 10-year Treasury, generally features a lower yield than a 30-year. But this has been inverted. That tells us that that short-term, um, people don't think that anything as good is going to happen in the short-term, right? So that's 74% chance 
signaling a recession. A rapid rise in interest rates, 69% chance, because to fight inflation, the Federal Reserve has hiked rates by more than 5% in just 18 months, right? And then an oil price shock, 45% chance of signaling recession, right? And, and the price of Brent crude has spiked by 33% since June, right? So, so there's no disinflation happening here, right, like what they're saying. This is inflationary pressures like nothing we've ever seen. So the big four triggers that cause recession, we've got all four of them happening at the same time. And so this is where policymakers have a real big problem right now. And and this is why when the, the meetings that we saw this week with the debt ceiling um, are, are very uh, telling of, of what happens. Because... If you think about it, Josh, over 16 of the last 20 years, the government's run out of money, and they've had to raise the debt ceiling, right? So it's always just been a rubber stamp approval. It's like, yeah, we have to raise the debt ceiling. There's, there's no way that we can let the federal government shut down. You've got people with pensions. You've got federal employees. You've got infrastructure. You've got the Department of Defense. You've got essential workers, not essential workers. We can't go without paying these people. We can't let the government shut down, right? So it's always been a rubber stamp. Well, of approval. Well, this time it's different, right? This time it's actually significantly different because of what happened in August. So August 22nd through the 24th, the BRICS nations met, and Putin says we're going to de-dollarize the world, and they stripped away the world reserve currency status of the dollar by saying we're going to trade in all of our, you know, respective currencies and not use the dollar. Well, that wouldn't be a big deal, except that the BRICS nations are over 50% of the world's population. That's a big trading block. And come January 1st, six of the nine largest oil producers in the world are joining the BRICS nations. They dismantled the petrodollar. So in the past, when congressmen and women wanted to raise the debt ceiling, they knew there was built-in demand for the U.S. dollar because of the reserve currency status and petrodollar status. So just raise it. We'll always have demand for our currency to bring money in. They don't have that anymore because of what happened in the BRICS nations so this is why, you know, I, you and I have talked about this before, but a couple of weeks ago I predicted this isn't going to be a slam dunk. Sure enough, it wasn't. Biden actually just extended it for 45 days. Here's, here's the weird thing about the extension. What did they extend? The current provisions. A few months ago when they had the debt ceiling talks, what were the conditions? They didn't raise the debt ceiling. They gave Congress a blank check for unlimited spending until the election. So therefore, if they expended it, extended it 45 days, same provisions apply. Unlimited check for 45 days with one notable exception. No more funding for Ukraine. Right? So, so they got that one put in there. Now, Ukraine is crying foul. It's like, what? thought you were on our side. You've already spent $43 billion on us. Now Putin's going to come and, and invade us. And Putin's probably sitting there, you know, foaming at the mouth thinking, <laughs> They don't have any more funding for military coming in from America. We're going to pounce on Ukraine. I mean, just that one debt ceiling talk is creating geopolitical implications, economic implications, because we are at the end of our rope. You can't just print money with no demand for the dollar anymore. This is why it's a problem moving forward. Oh, my goodness. All right. We'll be right back with more Dr. Light Show right after this with Dr. Kirk Elliott. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. All right. So, Kirk, you were talking about the BRICS nations. 
Yeah. Now, one trend that I've been noticing with the BRICS nations is that they are investing heavily in South America, Central America, and Africa. Particularly, they are investing in farmland in these countries. And they are promulgating the growth of various different exports that the U.S. has dominated for many years. Do you think that the BRICS nations are trying to completely annex the United States of America and Western economies from the global infrastructure? I would say so. I would say that when Putin said that he's going to de-dollarize the world, the BRICS nations are, and it's their objective as the BRICS nations, and it's irreversible, right? So what exactly do those words mean? Well, I think we're seeing it playing itself out. It's not just taking away the petrodollar status or the reserve currency. I think the de-dollarization of the world is also cutting deals, taking away demand for our product by, by getting these agricultural producers, by forming alliances with our neighbors, right? And, and because when you think about it, it's like they, they, all countries want to be on a winning team, right? It's like, well, if the BRICS nations are really that large of a trading block, why not? sell your corn or wheat from from Brazil or Argentina or Bolivia to to the BRICS nations, right? And and have a much larger trading block than just America, right? Because, look, it's over 50% of the world's population. America doesn't have that. Granted, we're the consuming engine of the world, but when you look at the sheer volume and mass of people and the oil production and the agricultural production, and the collective military, and the collective political clout, it, it's a big deal, Josh. It, it really, truly is. I think it's paradigm-shifting moment, and a lot of people are caught off guard. It's like, well, can't believe this is happening to America. I don't believe it's happening. This, we're America. This isn't going to happen. We're not going to lose that status. It's like, well, we are. Um, and reserve currencies never last forever anyways. I mean, there's a lifespan. 45 to 110 years throughout history is the span that a world reserve currency has, right? And so, to me, it's not a shock. It's sad, right? Because we're Americans. We, we live here. We want the dollar to be strong. We want the lifestyle that that brings us when all currencies across and countries across the world need our currency, and we're losing it. It just means our way of life is, is actually going to change. You know, I, I agree with that, and it's something that we all need to prepare for. We all need to prepare for this new economic system that is being ushered in, something that you and I have talked to extent about. Now, the Bank of International Settlements, they came out and with their framework for the Unified Ledger, mm -hmm. and this is one thing that concerned me because when I began to look deeper into this, I began to see parallels to things that I had known were happening. Number one is that Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, J.P. Morgan Chase have been buying up massive amounts of residential real estate the last few years. Not just homes, entire communities. Builders who during COVID had to abandon, they would go in and buy up to 250 home, 350 home um, communities. Then all of a sudden, after the Bank of International Settlements comes out with this unified ledger, <clears throat> which brings about the idea of privatized digital currencies. We see the House Financial Committee propose to ban CBDCs. 
And obviously Americans don't want CBDCs. Then we see Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, J.P. Morgan Chase, and many other financial institutions talk about how they're coming out with their own internal privatized digital currencies. Kirk, what are your thoughts that instead of going towards a CBDC, that privatized digital currencies are going to rule and dominate the world, where if you're banking with J.P. Morgan Chase, they have an inventory of real estate, and they come out and say, hey, look, we're going to offer you a 3% loan mortgage on this property that we own, kind of a rent-to-own type of thing, but you have to pay for it with this internal digital currency, which we will transition all the dollars that you get when you get paid each month into this digital currency, and in this community... There's a grocery store, there's a medical center, there's everything that you need, very similar to the 15-minute cities, but the currency of that area is this privatized digital currency. What, what are your thoughts on this? Boy, that's very interesting. It's, it's like a, a closed-system um, economy, right? And it's like they're just bringing in everybody. They're dangling some kind of a shiny object, some kind of a carrot out there to entice people into their system, which is... So as I'm thinking about it, as you say that, that makes sense to me and why there's a lot of consolidation in the banking industry, right? It's like, yeah, that, that really wouldn't work for smaller banks or medium-sized banks, right? Because they don't have enough capital. They don't have enough things that they could offer. And, and But when J.P. Morgan or Citi is buying up all these small and medium-sized banks, now they have the clout to do exactly what you just did. And even last week, um, Citibank came out with their own token, with their own digital currency, right? But they didn't unload it yet to every single individual customer, only institutional clients. But they didn't give them an option. It's like, this is, this is your new system. Right? It's like forced compliance, or else you're going to have to change banks if you didn't, you know, let's say you're a big company, and it's like, ah, oh, this pain in the butt to change banks. So they just take it. Right? They just accept it. Well, I think they're pulling people into those systems, just like you said. Now, maybe in the future, all of these privatized central bank digital currencies do roll into one big umbrella. I don't know, but that, that really makes sense to me, what you just said, as an incremental approach to complete global domination control of your buying and selling. Well, yeah, I mean, and if we look at the versatility of kind of the globalist system that they're setting up with uh, the PPP, the public-private partnership, which is just another word for for communism, but it can be managed from either side, from the governmental side implementing policy and regulation, or from the business side, the kind of going out there to rule over various different districts of financial and economic control. And so I I see this as a possibility because you have the rejection of CBDCs within the kind of public stature. And since we have that, they have to find a solution to usher in this digital infrastructure. And why, why not use privatized digital currencies? I mean, think about if J.P. Morgan Chase came out there and is offering personal loans at 8%. Mortgages at 3%, undercutting the inflationary value of the dollar that we have out there right now, undercutting right. the rates of, the, of the, the federal system. People are going to flock to that. They're going to adopt those digital currencies, which yeah. 
have automatic clearing and are accepted by any business owned by these companies. And we already know yep. that BlackRock, State Street, all of them all own these. So you can go to the 7-Eleven. You can use J.P. Morgan Chase's digital currency to facilitate a transaction. It's immediate cleared. It's one one thousandth of a percent of a uh, transaction fee to clear that transaction on the blockchain. And they're making money hands over fist. You're happy because you're getting lower interest rates on your goods and services because now you're banking with them. And people didn't realize it, but the CBDC was already implemented. It's just privatized digital currencies that are transacting clear into a digital dollar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's very reasonable and well thought out. And and it makes perfect sense that this could be exactly how they're rolling it out. Basically, and, and keeping it under the radar, right? It's like, Oh, see, we're not doing central bank digital currency. Everybody, this is just a, a a a scam perpetrated by the by the right wing people. It's like we don't we don't want this, but yet at the same time, this is exactly what they're doing. A- absolutely. So, my question then to you is: What do we need to do as Americans to secure our financial future? Because if this system is rolling out and coming. I've noticed a few things. Gold and silver are down, which that doesn't mean that's not a bad thing. That means it's on discount sale. <laughs> yeah. But well, to me, it is. It's a huge discount sale. I mean, yeah. we're down a couple of bucks over the last few weeks. That's awesome. I mean, it's like a 10% discount and for no real reason, right? When there's not a real reason for something, whether it's a stock, bond, mutual fund, gold, silver, it doesn't matter there's not a real reason, then buy it on, on the discount because the fundamentals that cause it to grow are still intact. What are the fundamentals that cause gold and silver to grow? Inflationary pressures, rising interest rates, the cost of borrowing. It's going to be a slowdown of the economy, and people can't spend. Stock prices are going to ultimately come down. Rising interest rates kill the bond market. So as a flight for quality, people do look towards precious metals. But the inflationary pressures that we're seeing are going to persist. They're not going to slow down. In fact, they're going to increase. And so I would allocate into precious metals um, to take advantage of it, A, for the, for the investment return, but B, is, is a mechanism to protect freedom moving forward because you're getting out of the system. You're getting out of that digital paper-based system with something that's tangible and real. Fantastic, guys. Get gold today. Dot com. That's where you want to go. GetGoldToday.com. Give Dr. Kirk Elliott and his team a call. 720-605-3900. Kirk, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you next you week. Bet. Have a great day. Guys, we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show with myself and Jim Price right after this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. Jim Price, how yes, are you? Yes, sir. Hello. Doing good, man. I'm all right. Not too bad. What? Uh, hey, are you doing the whole end of Earth at two thirty today? Are you going to do that? Um, gonna... I, I might play. I might play. My kids are kind of like excited about it. They're like, "Do we need our phones on or off? And what are we supposed to do?" And I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> like turn your phones off. We don't want to turn into zombies." Oh well, there but you go. apparently people are really concerned. Like I have gotten quite a few messages today from family members. Right. And they're like, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? And I'm like, well, if you turn into a zombie, (laughs) then we know the answer, right? Um, Right. I I look at plausibility with all these things. And so 
is it plausible that the the globalist cabal, the evil of this world, who manufactured these vaccines with what's known as lipid uh, nanolipid particle hydrogels? Mm-hmm. Um, that they would put other illnesses and diseases into those lipid nanoparticles and have them um, be able to oscillate at 18 gigahertz frequency and explode and make everybody sick and do that all at the same time in the United States of America only and nowhere else in the world to where, let's say, 50% of the population all of a sudden gets sick with these illnesses. Because if they did that, the other 50% of the population which is well-informed at this point in time, would know that Mm -hmm. and say, hey, everybody's got Marburgs now. Isn't this what they just said they were going to do? They did the EBS. And and you know what would happen is people would lock and load and people would start going to uh, um, hold people accountable. Let's just say that. Right. So it's not plausible. The reason I say it's not plausible, number one, is the, the question of the technology. Right. Does the technology exist to do what they're saying? And this is the scary part. Yes, right. it does. Oh, yeah. um, and what I mean by that is this, is that, yes, we have lipid uh, lipid nanoparticle or, yeah, nanolipid particle hydrogels that do exist. They were developed by DARPA, by the DOD. They mm-hmm. were actually implemented into the COVID-19 vaccine. That's how they delivered the mRNA into your body. That's how they got around right. the blood-brain barrier. Um, and so... People have suggested, and Dr. Attorney Tom Callender is a friend of mine, that uh, in review under uh, a microscope, these lipid nanoparticles have been found to have other diseases in them, like Marburg's, Ebola, and stuff like that. And so the theory develops that if they could somehow, because you have these lipid nanoparticles inside of you, is that if these lipid nanoparticles were somehow electrically stimulated that they could shed their outer skin and mm-hmm. those viruses would be released. Right. Well, there's a few different things about this. Number one is um, cellular metabolism. Um, is if you had these lipid nanoparticles in your body a year ago, they're most likely right. not in your body anymore. Wow. Okay? Yeah, because yeah, okay. They, they go in there and their purpose is the delivery of the mRNA. Um, and then they will break down and your body will get rid of them. Because if you have these lipid nanoparticles just floating around in your body system, right? Um, your body will eventually do something with them. Your body's not just going to let them float around aimlessly within your body. Um, number two part is that if you had something like that that could oscillate at an 18 gigahertz signal and shed right. the lipid nanoparticle, why would you do it all at the same time during an, uh, an emergency broadcast system test? Right. I mean, because you can utilize 5G antennas to um, stimulate and send signals to people directly, right? You, mm-hmm. you, oh, yeah. Yes, you need a phone. You don't need a phone. But they can target you directly. So why wouldn't you just target 100 people in each city? Um, mm-hmm. at various different times and make it look like an outbreak. Mm. Like, why would you do yeah. it all at the same time? So 
the plausibility just doesn't really add up. Uh, the technology does exist, <clears throat> but one thing to keep in mind for the technology is that the 5G antennas that utilize what's known as multiple input, multiple output um, pro- protocols, this is called MIMO, they can send these signals directly to your cell phone. Here's the problem right. with the signals is you have something known as the inverse square law. Have you ever heard of the inverse square law, Jim? Uh-uh. Well, maybe you have, but not that description. Go ahead. So the inverse square law deals with gravity and light. And basically right. it says that your signal power, the amount of power that you put into a signal, into mm-hmm. a, a, um, a electromagnetic wave, is going to decrease proportionally to the inverse of the square of its wavelength. Okay. And so that's exponential decrease. So right now we're, we're listening on, um, on WYSL, aren't we? They're broadcasting from a radio antenna. Right. Okay. So they might have a power output of 50,000 Watts or 20,000 Watts or whatever it is. Right. Right. Well, at one half of the wavelength of their broadcasting frequency from that antenna, that Mm -hmm. 50,000 Watts is now 25,000 Watts. At another half wavelength, now it's 12,500 watts. At another half wavelength, now it's 6250, and so on. So by the time it reaches your radio, that wattage isn't even calculated in wattages anymore. It's calculated in decibels because it's just observable above what's known as radio noise level. Right. And so typically a good single attenuation of a radio signal at your radio or your television is about 40 decibels, which is like micro watts, okay? Right. It's not ne- it's not even negligible to be registered. Uh, so okay, so now keep that in mind because right. a microwave which is 5G works on millimeter and microwave. Think about it, millimeter wave. So this means that every what is it? Let's just say it's an eight millimeter wave. So every four millimeters, the power of that signal decreases by half. So right. in order to send a signal out there to oscillate, an 18 gigahertz signal to oscillate a lipid nanoparticle in your body, you would need a massive amount of power. Mm-hmm. And so you couldn't do that over a broad spectrum at the same time, you can't send a signal out to, um, let's say that there's 100,000 cell phones in, uh, or let's just say it's the city of Rochester, New York. You got, right. you know, a million cell phones. That signal that is broadcasting out of those 5G at- uh, uh, antennas is firstly degrading it, the inverse square of its wavelength. Um, right. And then also, it's got to distribute that signal to all those cell phones, which is going to also increase the amount of de-amplification of the signal, of signal integrity. Right. Well, let me, so let me it, back you up on that real quick yeah. on that. You guys understand that 5G, the higher the, the, the higher the strength that they're trying to put out, the more direct line of sight from the tower to the device is necessary. So if you have trees or buildings or a basement or whatever it is you're behind, guys, you guys understand that wavelengths do, they do are interfered with when they go through certain particles. That's why they took lead out of paint so that they're able to con- you know, continue to transfer signal through the walls. But every time it goes through something, it degrades that signal and gets less and less. And 5G, or anything above 5G, which they do have 12 and 13G by, now, by, by the way, guys. I don't think you guys knew that. 
Um, but that the, the the line of sight is necessary. But again, like I said, it degrades the further away it gets. Like you're saying, the further you get away from the original source, the less and less power there is behind it. Right. So yeah. the plausibility of something like that happening would mean that they would have to have an increase amplification of millions of watts coming out of the antennas. Well, the unfortunate mm. part is, is that technology is not integrated into those technologies. It doesn't really exist. Right. Uh, you would need massive amounts of energy. So it's more plausible that they could target one, two, three, four individuals through 5G antennas like this. They could absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. But to do it to millions of people at the same time, it's highly impossible. It just it, – it, right. it doesn't make any sense. So um, that's my thoughts on it. I don't think anybody's right. going to turn into zombies. I don't think Marburg's is going to be released. Um, listen, you know, these people are absolutely the epitome of evil, and they've right. released bioweapons on the world uh, from COVID, SARS-CoV-2 to uh, the, the vaccine, and they will continue to do that because you're going to see about 50% of Americans go out there and get this booster shot or this new vaccine, yeah. and that's going to run its course as well. And, you know, then we have the perils of World War III that are about to break out. I mean, they don't need to destroy and eliminate the American population right now with something right. like that, with a zombie virus. They don't need to do that. They, they're already in control with everything else they've done, and they got people so manipulated. All they have to do is say, COVID's back, people. Time for lockdowns. And most of the people acquiesce their power. Right. Think about that. Yeah, well, and it's, again, it's the response. And, and this is stuff that I talk about, you talk about, you know, how you respond to find you. The, the, your ramping up or your overreaction to this or action to this is, is what defines you. And that's what they're watching. I think most of this is about, you know, the psychological effect, just like in the whole, you know, the whole coronavirus Mexican beer flu we all ran and hit from. I mean, that showed a lot of people how terrified you are of just life in general. You act like you're all brave and putting your seatbelt on because the government told you to because we're all going to die. But in reality, that we, we this is another test, guys. This is what they're willing to do. Just like the whole suspending the Second Amendment in New Mexico, another test. Just like the fact that they're going to, you know, the ATF is showing up at people's doors. It's a test to see what people are willing to do. The ATF saying that they can, the bump stocks are illegal. Now it's not illegal. Now they've lost all. By the way, I don't know if people know that. Uh, there was huge 2A victories uh, the last couple of days over the bump stock or extended stocks for pistols or rifles. And so oh, yeah? just think about what happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just It was uh, yesterday and the day before. We had, we had two things come up. So uh, these are all in the appeals courts coming up through things. So the ATF is losing their, their cases. So all the stuff the ATF is doing is going bye-bye. So good stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, it's just about you guys. What you, how are you going to react? You guys going to act like a bunch of ding-dongs and run around with your hair on fire? Okay, now they know you're a bunch of ding-dongs with your hair on fire. And they know how far they can push you next time to react. And all of this mm-hmm. is about action and reaction. It's like a child going up and seeing if they could, you know, they put their finger in their nose and start wiping on the wall, see if you really mean it when you say stop. Are you going to smack their hand? You're going to give them a whooping? You're going to tell them to quit doing it? Well, here's the problem. You, they keep coming up, put boogers on the wall, and you guys don't react, or you do overreact, which means that they all they got to do is put a booger on the wall to get you act stupid, or are you going to d- react in the right way? See, again, this is all about accountability. I think they got us, man. I just they get get too many people wound up about stuff. 
Well, I don't. And if no, you're worried about staying home, I, I don't know if they got us, quote unquote. I think that what happened is is that we threw a massive um, stick in their spokes of right. their plan. And that a lot of what we've seen over the last few years is them shooting from the hip, is them um, kind of in the defensive mode. And I think that we see this clearly because, number one, is the political persecution of Donald Trump. I mean, it's been endless since 2016. But but think about what they're doing to him right now. I mean, with this whole New York City case. I mean, this is just atrocious, and the whole world is watching. And they're only doing it because Donald Trump is a threat to them. And the fact that Donald Trump is a threat to them for the 2024 election goes to show you that we've done enough damage to their establishment, enough damage to their infrastructure, that they are afraid they're going to lose the election in 2024. And they know that Mm -hmm. if Donald Trump is able to run in 2024, they have no chance in hell. And that right there should give you a warm, cozy feeling in your stomach, making you all happy that we fought this battle well and we've beaten them down to the point where they have to come out there and put the boot to the neck to persecute us just to keep their power. That's not power at all. That is just pure dynamics that they are utilizing. All right. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight. We'll get to this. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Back to the Dark Delight show. That's us. That's us. The right. Dark Delight show. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, what uh, what do we got going on? Anything coming up? Uh, we're going to be in uh, Nashville weekend after next, right? You're going to be with me at that? But yeah, we're, we're going to be in Nashville. We'll be in Nashville on stage. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be playing the bass, bringing the bass. No, I don't play the I'll bass. I'll be playing lead guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Slapping the bass. No, uh, we're going to be doing our. Uh, we'll be uh, speaking truth there. Truthtour.net. So anybody, anybody who wants to go to this, go to truthtour.net. That's T R U T H T O U R dot net. And it'll, it'll mm-hmm. redirect you to another site, but just just go ahead and click on that link, uh, and then you can find out the information. I believe it's also going to be broadcast, and I, I might even broadcast it on our Rumble channel. I have to find out the information. Um, but right. if we do, I'll, I will put that out there on my social media. So make sure you guys are following Jim Price and myself, um, mm-hmm. and make sure that you guys are out there. Uh, going to our websites, the JimPriceShow.com and then RedPills.TV, um, as well as Jim and I have uh, – uh, we're we're going to be collaborating a lot more um, with mm-hmm. our, our other podcasts and everything that we're doing. And we're trying to expand the radio shows and um, we're doing a lot more together. And one thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to be bringing in some kind of uh, bonus content for subscribers on the Social Red Pill. Social Red yeah. Pill is a private social network that I have, socialredpill.com. And uh, we're going to be doing kind of like these monthly Zooms. We're, you know, teaching you uh, various different things from uh, – we were talking about last night, mycelium horticulture. I love this yep. idea. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot – microbiome. Yeah, we're going to be talking about all this yes. different stuff. So th- that's going to be included with those, those subscription packages out there on Social Red Pill. So, you know, head on over to redpills.tv. I'm going to link Jim up over there as well. You'll get all yeah. that information. But well, we're going to uh, be yeah, basically I mean, you could be you could be you could go to our stuff and between what Josh is doing and I'm doing you almost could get you know at least a, almost a full day of information uh, from the different stuff just by sticking with us 
um, because I'm going to have my show. Josh has got his show. Then there's the after hours uh, Zoom part of it. There's a lot of different benefits to those things that, you know, again, and with the Zoom call, what do we do? We answer questions. We, we, have, we have casual conversation about <laughs> their, their ability to kill us. <laughs> no, we just, we talk about everything. You know, we talk about, we'll talk about chickens. We'll talk about the Nephilim. We'll talk about, you know, if you want to talk about flat earth, we'll tell you you're crazy and then we'll move on. Um, if you want to talk about <laughs> whatever it is, but there's a lot of benefits to it. A lot of come through. But by the way, you meet a lot of people that you want to talk to as well. You don't have to worry about being, um, oh, I can't say that because, you know, this person's sensitive or whatever. Everybody's there to learn. Everybody's there to talk. It's a great community. And also, even with your foundation, aren't you working on um, some foundation stuff so we can actually find ourselves in a, uh, if we want to be on a piece of land, that we don't have to worry about um, the Well, GOV, okay, yeah, I so guess. maybe I can talk about this real quick. So yeah. one of the things that I'm setting up is called the American Preservation um, Foundation, Mm-hmm. And this is there, – there's a lot of ideas behind this, but number number one thing is to have land and bring land under this 501c3 that we're forming. And right. the land will be basically uh, – if you do, if you know what this is, it's called a private membership association. Perfect. Is that you, be, you become a subscription member under us and then you get to kind of use the facilities that we have underneath it. And the idea mm-hmm. is to have land all throughout the United States of America, whether it's donated land from – from good people out there that want to help out and donate land to the foundation or land that we purchase. But the objective is to go out there and we'll build a cabin or two cabins or a clubhouse or something like this on the land. We'll open up a portion of the land for camping. We'll open up a portion of the land for kind of like Airbnb style stuff. Um, and then we'll have a portion of the land that's going to be utilized seasonally for um, agriculture to, to grow food and crops and stuff like this. So let's say that you just need to get away for three months and you're like, man, I need to get away for three months. And you say, Hey, go over to the American Preservation Foundation and you, you see that we have land available for three months that you can go out in Texas and, and just chill out there in Texas. And right. you pay a highly discounted uh, um, cost. So let's say three months, you know, going out there in an Airbnb or renting a house or something like that, you're going to be paying thousands upon thousands of dollars a month with us. It's not even going to be close to that because the membership is going to have its benefit. Um, right. And then there will be, you know, lifetime packages and stuff like that. But, you know, you can go camping on the land and you can go out there and like volunteer to work the land. Hey, I want to go grow some crops or learn this. And so we'll have people. The idea is to have people that live on this land as well that that tend to the land, that till the land. And so if people wanted to go out there and learn about raising chickens and goats and learn about, you know, growing crops, that is happening on that land 365 days a year. Then the other part of it is uh, marksmanship. We're going to teach marksmanship to the kids, to people. Um, We're going to teach them how to defend themselves. A lot of the prepper lifestyle, a lot of the old way lifestyle is going to be taught. We're going to run clinics for this, um, as well as various different types of uh, child education. So the education that children aren't getting today, we want to run various different types of groups on that, have teachers come in that teach about the, you know, the Constitution, teach the old civics classes, the old history lessons. Um, and then on the other side of the house is that we, yep. we want to open up the land part of it. That I think that is very specific. Um, 
but we're going to be doing is uh, people can file if you're a member of it. You have to be a member of the private membership association. And this isn't out yet. This is coming. Um, is that we're going to give away scholarships each year. And the scholarships are going to be oriented towards um, um, high needs families as well as veteran families. And then also we're going to have kind of we, – we've, we've encountered with our platform a lot of people that come into financial disparity, people that need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of just raising money, which we've been burned in the past with raising money for people, instead of just right. raising money for people, people can go through a process where they just submit their information and there's a vetting process that goes about. And uh, we can give them short-term kind of like you know help loans or we can actually just donate the money directly to them for their cause. But instead of giving them the cash, we actually just go and pay their bills for them, stuff like that. So a lot of ways to give back, and that's what we're looking to do with this. So if there's anybody out there that's really interested in maybe helping us out, getting us, uh, helping us get started, we have a few people that have come in um, that are donating some things to it. I'm not going to get into any details. Um, they're helping us with the origination funding. They're helping us get the 501c3. They're helping us with uh, the initial land and all this stuff. But if you're out right. there and you're you're wanting to take part in this, maybe um, be the caretaker of the land. You own land and you want to say, hey, look, I got 100 acres. I want to do 10 acres, uh, partition my land, but I still want to own the land. That's fine. Right. Um, you can bring it in or if you wanted to donate it but still be the caretaker, whatever it might be. Just reach out to us and uh, reach out to myself and uh, go to uh, – best way to get a hold of me. You can contact Bob there at the radio station. He can get you my uh, email address. My email address, I believe, is on the WYSL page uh, under my profile under host. Or you can just go to redpills.tv. Uh, there should be ways to contact me there or uh, or just write me an email, online at gmail.com. That's that's my Gmail yeah. address. So Red Pill Project online at gmail.com. So appreciate Jim for giving me that spot on my own show to talk about <laughs> Well sometimes we race past all this stuff and we forget to go, oh by the way, we're doing this other cool thing that you know the world isn't always collapsing. And this is that parallel economy, right? This is where we are saying we are going to do this differently and continue instead of going back to the same poison well we're going to find a different pattern. We're going to do things that you know that will benefit others. This is us doing more for the world around us. Absolutely. All right, guys. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. See you guys.